Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina. I'm your host, Dr. Melina Jampolis, and I'm a board-certified physician nutrition specialist. And I started this podcast to take the latest science and really help you figure out what you should do, can do, and eventually will do when it comes to food, fitness, and everything that's involved with helping you become the best version of yourself. I'm very excited about my guest today on the podcast. I have known her for as long as I've lived in LA. She yeah. almost delivered my first baby. <laughs> um, she is not only an extraordinary uh, doctor and gynecologist who is open to integrative medicine. I studied Ayurvedic medicine, but she's a wonderful person. And she's now my doctor too, So um, and my friend. But anyways, Dr. Gilbert Lenz, thank you so much. And she has a new book coming out, uh, which is called Menopause Boot Camp. Yeah, yeah. And a series of retreats. But we're gonna, let's just jump right in. We'll Did I miss in. anything? I mean, no, she's amazing. We've out. done, we've done a ton out. of TV together. Yes. We talk too much. We'll probably interrupt each other a lot. But that's okay, because we're friends. So don't judge us, okay? So, um, let so what's the new book? Let's talk about that. Because okay. that's the most exciting thing right now today, even though there's a ton of stuff. The book is Menopause Bootcamp. It is coming out October 11th. Super exciting. And it's based on my decades of work in this field, um, which is getting more attention now, as you know, but definitely has been underappreciated. Let's, let's just say that. Um, but it's also based on a series of events that I'd been holding right before the pandemic started, which obviously changed it, called Menopause Bootcamp. And the reason that I started doing this was I just did not have enough time in a patient encounter to really do a deep dive into what was going on. People had so many questions. They were so misinformed. They were so confused. They were, I call them refugees from some of the more predatory practices that are out there were, were showing up with complications and problems. And people were just afraid and, and didn't know what to do. And so I decided to create an opportunity where people could have more time with me, with the information, and with each other. And it's so interesting, Melina, because it actually started, I was interviewed by a woman 20 years younger than me in a public forum about menopause. And I thought, oh, that's interesting that she wants to do that. Let's see how that goes. And it was so illuminating. Because what I realized is that we had lost the intergenerational conversation around aging. And of course, mm. aging and women are third rail topics. Like women are supposed to stay a certain way. We feel like we're supposed to stay a certain way. Aging, forget it. And you put the two together and it's kind of a disaster. So I was so interested in that conversation. And I realized, oh, we need more time. We need more information. We need more space around this. And I thought really I was doing it for the information and it was so interesting to me and really gratifying because what I, what I realized is that people left with a lot of information, but they also left with community. They were no longer afraid to say the word. I mean, people didn't want to say the word. They didn't, tell, they didn't want to tell people they were going to menopause boot camp. They were saying, I'm going to the yoga studio. I'm going to go to a talk. I'm, like they didn't even want to acknowledge it. It was wow. so wild. So, so it, that's where it started. And I, I, the book came from there and it's just been a really amazing experience because the other thing that's happened is the last two and a half years with everybody on Zoom, everybody talking, everybody, now we're kind of coming back into whatever it is. But especially that first year, people really were with themselves. And I think it, it created a lot of opportunities for people to start 
thinking differently about who they wanted to be and where they wanted to be. And I think especially for people in midlife, it was for those of us who were lucky, obviously, <laughs> not everybody had that experience. It was an opportunity to press pause and make some different decisions. So it, it kind of everything lined up. I think people are talking about menopause a lot more now than they were two and a half years ago. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's an interesting, I, I think, you know, self-care, the idea of self-care and the idea of health, Yeah, that's the one good thing from COVID yeah. because yeah. we were kind of forced yeah. to, I mean, you could, you know, self-care initially was probably overeating comfort foods right, for right, many right, people. Right. I was like, <laughs> if I see another Instagram post of somebody baking homemade bread, I'm right. going to throw up. No, okay. but I yeah. mean, but that yeah. was, so we probably, you know, went through a cycle, right. but then I mean, for me, from a nutrition standpoint, the idea that people are acknowledging yeah. um, the role of lifestyle, and I think that's where you and I really sync up, yeah. is even as doctors and as female doctors, first of all, we know that all the research is done on men. Exactly. And, and we know, and so then how do you really, and, and, and this was, it's funny that you say that. I'm just going to, of course, interrupt with the personal story. But I remember before my, let me give you two things. Yeah. I had knee surgery in 2019. It was a ACL reconstruction revision. So I already had two knee surgeries. Right. I was 49 years old yeah. at the time. So yeah. you guys do the math. I'm 52. Um, <laughs> but, and I remember I went in to see the male orthopedic surgeon yeah. and he said, I don't usually do this surgery on women your age. I'm like, okay, um, why? He's like, well, what do you need an ACL for? What are you gonna do wow. that is so, and I'm like, wow. I wanna ski race yeah. with my children yeah. and win a gold medal. So yeah. that's what I'm gonna do, yeah. a-hole. Um, <laughs> no, really, I was no, mad. Totally. And then, I mean, it was just like, that's, the well, view. the assumptions, the, the assumptions, assumptions that are made. The and then yeah. he's like, I'm going to need you to go see a hormone specialist before I do the surgery. And I'm like, okay, that is also not going to happen. We're not just going to jump into hormones. And, you know, I'm 49 yeah. years yeah. old. Yeah. Do, so, I mean, it yeah. is, I think men have, and then the other story that I was going to tell you is when I went into the pre-op, I just went to some random internist to get basic screening blood right. work. He spent half of the time talking about how he and uh, Samuel L. Davis had gone to college together and he wished he had gone that route. I'm like, wow, that's really reassuring. But um, <laughs> oh but then I, I figured, hey, maybe I'll see if I hadn't seen an internist in a while. And I was like, you know, I'm really having problems with sleep. Yeah. Do you have any ideas? This is a long standing problem for me. So I thought I'd throw it out there. And he's like, just have a glass of wine. It's part of aging, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my okay, God. So, but that, that is the response that people get from their doctors across the board. And I do not want to disparage all of our colleagues. We have a lot of wonderful colleagues out there. However, there are a couple of problems here. One, we don't get the training in aging. And I will tell you that even in OBGYN, the data is clear. You can read my book, I quote it. But a large number of people, I mean, a huge, like way over, like 75, 80% of OBGYN residents okay, who have spent four years focusing on women's health, come out of residency not feeling confident in how to diagnose, manage, and treat menopausal symptoms. They, 
and they're aware enough to know that they don't know what the hell they're doing. So you can imagine what that does. I think unless you take an interest in some of these things and you self-study, which is what I did. And what I did in nutrition. <laughs> right, exactly. You're not, you're not going to get the information. And so you're not prepared when people come in. The other problem, I just had this conversation with somebody else earlier today, is that, you know, your doctors are people. And it's incumbent upon us to be self-aware. But I think when patients hear dismissive comments, they certainly are not, they, they shouldn't accept that as an okay answer. But it says everything about that human being across from you. You know, we're not all knowing and we are not, we are fallible. When we aren't able to say to somebody, I don't know what to do, which by the way, I have done throughout my career, which led me down the path that I am on, by the way. I just, I, I anytime I didn't know, I had some humility. I, I guess I had enough confidence to be humble. Right. Because I knew what I knew and I knew what I didn't know. So when someone comes to you and you don't know what the answer is, saying, I don't know, I will work with you on this is a perfectly acceptable answer. But instead, what we get is dismissive, especially with women. Again, this is documented. There's so much data. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, and I, I, I'm sure any really woman listening to this yeah. has been told a million times yeah. that. Yeah. And so let's 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 step back a little yeah. bit, because I think this is important. And you're an expert in this and I'm not. So um, what is menopause? What are the Perfect. symptoms? Let's right. go back Let's to the get basic. Into it. Let's, Let's get, get into, into it. it, as they say. So I think... I the, am in it. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Well, you're I'm, in the transition. I'm so in the transition. So here's the thing. So here's what's confusing to people. Menopause itself is not something you're going to know about until you're done with it. 12 months consecutively without a menstrual cycle, without a bleed, in a person over age 45 for no other medical reason. Now, of course... This leaves out large swaths of the, you know, people who've had a hysterectomy and don't have a uterus. Well, I, I, I'm not going to talk about all that. That's the definition. And you don't know till you're there. And believe me, I have people coming in all the time saying, oh, my God, I got to 11 months. Oh, my God, I got to seven months. <laughs> Can you, you know, check my hormones? But we're right. going to talk well, more we'll talk about, about that, that later. Too. Yeah. So, so that's actually menopause slash now you're post-menopause once you realize that. The transition leading up to that time can be a decade, it, you know, and it involves everything from your cycle's changing subtly, the interval between your periods, the way, the quality of the bleeding. These are the most obvious early signs, but also people start having symptoms related to their hormones changing. And I'm not going to use the word balance because that's ridiculous. Right. This isn't, it's ridiculous in this context. I want to remind everybody this is not a disease. This is physiologic. This is developmental. It'd be like calling puberty some kind of, or ask, acting around puberty like it was a disease. This is the puberty of midlife. It's wow, just that's another an shift. interesting analogy. I love it. That's what I, I tell people all the time. It's the puberty of midlife. And all of its glory, by the way, because some of it really sucks. You know, like, you don't, and, and you so don't. So does puberty. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, right. I mean, we've raised kids, like, watching them go through this. You're just getting there. I'm, I'm in the way heat done of it. with that. I'm in the it's heat of it. amazing. Voice it's yeah. craziness, right? And they are so out of sorts because they're identified with their body in a very specific way. And now it's changing. This is exactly what happens as you get into perimenopause, as you get into that trans transition. The things that we are used to associating with our bodily rhythms are changing. Our hormones are different. We know that estrogen is declining, but so is progesterone. Progesterone is produced after ovulation. And a lot of these shifts are where we are getting mood changes, 
fatigue, breast tenderness, feeling like PMS is going on for two weeks, or feeling, I remember being in my late 30s and being like, am I pregnant? You know? Nope, I was not I pregnant. I was pregnant in my late... Well, 40, I was yes, present in my yes. early, and with the second yeah. one, when I was 43, yeah. I was like, hey, this must be early menopause. Pass me the Chardonnay. You know, I mean, I'm like, and then, you know, my husband, hi, Benji, was like, <laughs> no, let's just get a pregnancy test. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah so. but so it's confusing. So those are some of the things people will have a lot of sleep disruption. Obviously, the classic hot flashes. The weight gain, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, and the 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 ex, the muffin top on the muffin top, which nobody likes. Muffin top on the, I haven't heard that one. I just I, literally I made it butt. up right I, now. Good. I know, I liked it. I used I was the like, butt to get I, because that that's so perfect. what most of my patients say. I mean, mm-hmm. I, my, I never had this belly. I look mm-hmm. like I have a beer belly, mm-hmm. and it's not... It's pinchable rough. fat. It's not subcutaneous fat. Usually, yeah, yeah. it's the visceral fat, yeah. which is so. You're saying there's the subcutaneous fat on top of the visceral fat. Yeah, I mean, people who didn't have a belly get a belly. People who had a belly, the belly is more. There, you know, the, the people feel like they're. I mean, they are losing their shape. Yeah, they don't. The waist isn't as you know cut as it used to be, and the so, booty is smaller yeah, because they're. Yes, and that's exactly. exactly what nobody yeah. in LA wants. No. So you know, <laughs> we don't do any booty implants. Sorry, no. but uh, yeah. So so these are some of the more classic signs and symptoms that people will associate. I think with the discomfort of menopause. There are things that you can do about all of them, though, and I think the issue becomes understanding why this is happening and what you can do about it. I think we're very similar in that way where we want to be practical about like, what are the, you know, bite-sized pieces of information that we can share with people that are going to change their lives now. The other part of this is kind of going back to earlier in the conversation. If we have a lot of fear about aging, if we don't want to embrace aging, if we, especially as women, are being fed this narrative that we are accepting, that we are no longer interesting, viable, creative, beautiful, um, worthwhile, that we disappear once we no longer can make a baby, even if we didn't want to make a baby and never made a baby, like what? Then if we buy into that, then this is horrible. Then this is bad. You're right. You should hide it. It's the end. And the fact is that's some bullshit. Right. It's not true. And if you talk to women as they've gone through it, I repeatedly hear stories of transformation of becoming who they really are, of focusing on themselves, of having another burst of creativity that is about their own interests, their own agency. It's located within them. They're referencing the world, not from outside, but from inside. I mean, I talk about the idea of this transformation in the book and I myself, look, I'm doing it. Like I'm living proof. I'm going to be 57 in February and my kids are amazing. I mean, you know, they're in their 20s. I got some things they need to do. It's <laughs> fine. I have an incredible relationship. I have a book. I have a whole other part of my life that I'm doing. It's certainly not over. And here's the other thing. When we lose touch with our elders, we lose touch with a lot of experience and wisdom. Every indigenous culture respects their elders. We have a problem in this country around respecting female elders specifically, and I think it shows. The world is in some precarious shape. And, you know, there's a reason why we have wisdom and and it's available. So we can shut it off if we decide that we that's not, you know, interesting or important to us. I think that's a big mistake. But I think for myself, I will say 
that me owning that part and sharing it is a really important example that I want to share with other people because, again, we can accept that narrative and we can be a victim or we can say, no, I have something to offer. Would you like to hear what I have to say? Yeah, no, I think. And and if you look at, you know, one of the inspirations for my first Spice book was looking at the blue zones. And when you look at that, I mean, the intergenerational overlap and, and lifestyle wisdom. I mean, I just uh, did an interview with um, Dr. Mike Royzen, who was talking about, you know, there's, there's a wisdom and a life experience mm -hmm. with, but it's funny that you say that because I have really never talked to my mom about menopause. So I'm going to go home tonight mm -hmm. and talk to her. I know a little bit about it, peripherally her yeah, experience, yeah. but, and then it's, I'm also with the younger generation. It's funny because with younger women, one of the things that I really try to instill in them besides nutrition, which is my passion is financial literacy yeah and i really talk to younger friends my hairdresser hi eva eva <laughs> um about you know opening up an e-trade account mm -hmm. they, she doesn't have to day trade like i do but have some financial right. autonomy but right. this sort of thing but yeah. that's you yeah. know, the conversation, yeah. 50 to 30 and 50 yes. to 80 yes. by direct, you know, having yes. that. And and we don't have that in but this society. But we can reestablish it. And I do think that there's something really healthy on a, a cultural level about us being unafraid to have this conversation now. And it's just going to have to come from us. We're going to have to do this heavy lifting. Because the, the worst thing you can do entering this phase of life is have no information. I mean, that's just general information. The worst thing you can do entering into, would you have, you know, run a, competed in a triathlon with no information? That's insane. Well, I, You'd kill yourself. Much, I, yeah, well, the first time, you know, old habits die hard. I, I'm a, yeah, doctors are fallible. That's true. Okay, so maybe I that did, wasn't a good example with you. That was the best example for me. <laughs> but, but you, you yes, guys wouldn't do that. Right, everybody, you wouldn't do most that. Most normal people normal would not people just would jump not right in. Right. Okay, yeah. No, I agree. So let's talk about some of the information because yeah. this is, like and and i know <clears throat> you and i are not like big social media people but on social media yeah we are inundated yeah, 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 with yeah, yeah. advice yeah from yeah. god knows who so right. and one of the things that maybe i've just clicked on too many menopause posts or whatever because right. that's so where i like, am but it's like <laughs> you know and being in LA, by the way, everybody wants to check my hormones. Yeah, everybody, yeah. and this is what I think one of the other things that we have in common is we don't just want to give people drugs for things. Right, so right. if you're checking your hormones, what are you going to do about it? If right. I'm checking nutrition, I'm not going to go straight to drugs, right. right? So I don't, my libido is low. I don't want to be shot up with testosterone pellets unless I really understand why and what it's going to do and what the side effects well, are. Will, so let's talk about... Since you brought pellets up, I just need to make... <laughs> I am no fan of pellets. And I think most of the experts out there who really have training... Okay, so we're talking about training through the North American Menopause Society. I mean, there is training available, by the way. Um, would share my belief. It's not a belief. It's a scientific fact. If the pellet people want to produce high quality data to support their use of pellets, they really should do that and share it with us. Right now, it's um, a cash only business that's marketing. So are you going to feel great on a whole bunch of anabolic steroids? I, I'm, I'm in a, a committed relationship with a former bodybuilder. So I really feel like I know what I'm talking about. Yes. Here. Okay. So yes, if you have too many steroids, 
you're going to feel awesome. And then, of course, there's going to be a crash and there's going to be consequences. Which estrogen, progesterone, testosterone well, specifically, are steroids. 100%. Yeah. And testosterone in particular. So, of course, you feel freaking amazing. Just because you feel amazing doesn't mean it's good for you. So, let's just say that. Now, I will say that there are ways to use testosterone. The FDA, in all its wisdom... Okay, there's a problem I have. That's with the a whole FDA. other. Yeah, that's yeah. A whole other I mean, that's a whole other podcast. But the FDA, like, it's the best we got. But there are a lot of problems. There's, I think, a lot of baked in misogyny in there, and I think it's one of the reasons we have so many issues in women's health. We don't have high quality data that includes us. Um, they have black box warnings uh, on a lot of the hormone replacement therapies, which I think are ridiculous and not based in science. But there are workarounds for testosterone specifically. I mean, that's like, we could talk about sexual health. I can come back for another one if you want. Um, and I'm not anti-hormones either, by the way. Hormones can be magical and amazing, and there's tons of data on the positive impacts for longevity, for all-cause mortality reduced in women who take hormones, okay, appropriately. Uh, decreased cardiometabolic problems, which is the number one killer of women, not breast right, cancer. Right, which people don't understand. That. Decreased dementia and Alzheimer's. That data is continuing to emerge. Decreased osteoporosis. So let's not, like... Let's not throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. Hormones can be amazing for the right person at the right time with the right dose. We are not treating a disease. I'm going to harken back to what we said. Menopause is a physiologic event. You guys don't bring your kids into the, to the pediatrician and demand that their hormones get checked when they're going through puberty because that makes no sense. Because the hormones are fluctuating all over the place and they're going to eventually get into a, a rhythm and a steady state. Now, obviously, if there's a particular a growth issue, there's specific reasons right, why we test hormones. There are specific reasons why I might test your hormones. Um, but largely speaking, we're not treating a disease. We're not treating the numbers. We're treating symptoms clinically. And we have protocols set. And a lot of these things are data-based and then just really clinically based, like your symptomatology. Are you feeling right. better? You know? What's happening with you? How how are you doing? Are you functioning? And I guess that's probably a conversation that male doctors are not as used to having. Again, I think a good male doctor who's well-trained can have that conversation. Can say, how anybody, are you feeling? They oh, don't talk about how are, feel, are your feelings. I mean, that's a little... My menopause colleagues who are men do it. They do. They do. Well, because yes. they have... That's, well, they that's have what they do. To. Right. But you're right. In, in your five-second pap smear right. annual At a with your, your gynecologist who doesn't know anything about menopause, who's got 40 people in line to see him today, you're right. They're not going to ask those questions because they don't have the time. Right. And they don't of the answers right or the training right yeah so 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 I, no hormone testing please i mean come in and i'll have the conversation i'll explain yeah, yeah, to you yeah. why but like if you're getting a hormone tested if you're spitting or you're, you're doing yeah. it and you're spending a lot a lot of money because that's usually what's happening and now this person has their own pharmacy on site in their office there that's like five red flags in a row yeah no i think that's important and i but i'm curious and again i i like to make this personal because well, for me, it is personal, but yeah. also, so, I mean, are there people that can, that you feel like can, can successfully age, let's call it that, mm -hmm. without any hormones yeah. whatsoever? Because I really, yeah. I, you and I talked yeah. about this at my last visit. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I, I don't need them, yeah. first of all. Um, but for me, I just, and I, I guess... This is, I've been, I've been scarred by some of the headlines, just like everybody else, right? Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, but I, so I'm, I'm open to it, but I would need, 
convincing. I would need evidence right. that, you know, because I, I still like breast to, health. I'm still I concerned think about that. I need to feel more in order to be open to it. And I have a lot of patients. Feel worse, you mean? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I say I feel more stuff. Yeah. Feel more, feel, feel more bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be positive here. Um, but I, I do have a number of patients who, I mean, I have many, many patients who come in with a bias against hormone yes, therapy. I would say and I that is based that. on a really terrible, huge, far-reaching study called the Women's Health Initiative. A billion dollars poured into this by the NIH. So many problems, so many whistleblowing activities have occurred as a result of this. So many things that were wrong with it. It wasn't looking at the menopausal transition. It was touted to be doing that. The average age of the women in that study were over 60. 75% of them were obese or overweight. And many of them already had cardiovascular disease. So how is that compared to a 49-year-old with hot flashes? It's not. Of course, these ladies had heart attacks. Hello. They were setups for that. So, and the breast cancer data is actually really different than you might think. So I'm not even gonna step in that right now. It's, con- it's controversial. The breast cancer data actually is, the short answer here is women who were on estrogen only because they had a hysterectomy actually had lower rates of breast cancer. So this is not even completely settled information. So it's nuanced and that's why you yes. need to go to an expert because right. even me as right. a physician right. who's reasonably intelligent yeah. and can read the data, can't figure it out for myself. Right. Right. So right. we cannot have influencers on Instagram yeah. giving advice about this. I mean, it's honestly, it's Buyer the same beware, thing, with, it's the same thing with nutrition. It's, I'm oh, faced totally. the same thing all because doctors aren't trained in that right. at all, even right. less than probably menopause. Oh. I mean, mm. they don't even acknowledge, but yeah. so so let's, let's switch it to pop. But this is again, reinforcing the expert. And I'm sure you talk about a lot of this in the book. Oh yeah, there's to, so much of a deep dive into that. And, and that's also not to say that there aren't many, many things we can do. So I have a background in herbalism and integrative medicine and Ayurveda, Indian medicine. I'm a huge fan of botanicals. There are a lot of botanicals, there are a lot of herbal medicines that we can use safely. Um, Again, you need to be working with somebody who knows what they're talking about and has some training. I wouldn't be going, I mean, it used to be, you know, Joe at Whole Foods and now it's Joe on TikTok. Right, right. (laughs) So I'd be a little leery about where the information is coming from. But botanicals, lifestyle, lifestyle is enormously important for symptom control and for obviously for just longevity in general. So you can do this. You can, here's the deal. You get to do this the way you want to do it. Let's just make sure the toolkit is appropriate. And that's why you and I, you know where it's stashed. Share a lot of patients. It's because I'm like, I saw one of your patients this morning and you know, and it's, and when you bring up the community, it's it's really interesting because I do think it's important to connect, you know, because she was like, well, what do you do? You know, to me. And, and I said, well, this is what I honestly do. Yeah. Like she was, we were talking about meal planning and right. she's like, well, how should I be doing meal planning? And I'm like, okay, I don't meal plan at all. I just can't. I'm not yeah. that organized. Yeah. I've got too much stuff going on, but I have the infrastructure of all the healthy foods. I know what I like. I know right. where it is. I buy it every week. Yeah. I don't put a lot of thought into it. You and and that's part of the community. Your pantry. Yeah. Well, we, that, that was, we, I talked about that with the doctors. We were going to, we did a little <sighs> pantry boot camp yeah. thing, uh. but, but, you know, I think so. This is the idea of a community. Like if if she had come in and I was a younger mm-hmm, doctor mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, a male doctor, mm-hmm. there might not have been that. And I'm very open yeah. with, and I'm also open with saying, but with saying, you yeah. know, 
this is what I do. Yeah. This is honestly yeah. what I do. Yeah. You know, do yeah. I do everything right? No. Do no, I drink totally. too much wine? Yes. Which I told you about. I was honest at my appointment. Be well, honest. I, be honest with your doctor. Yeah, okay. When you well, I already it. knew that about you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know about you and wine. That's what's happened. You got to be careful when you're friends with your doctors too. That's it. No, yeah. but you know what? That's really important. I think being realistic, and that's the other thing that I think social media. We all know, like we intellectually know, social media is you know showing you the the best five or 10% of someone's life, even on a personal level. But it doesn't matter because it's literally like we're bathing in these, these information age things that we don't even understand how they're affecting us. And it's a lot of it is just like not real. Right. So the idea of actually real time conversations with real people and being honest and having integrity about what are things you actually could do is so, so, so important. Because I think anybody can Google, well, of course they Google, they're going to be there for 10 years and not know what's what. Right. But you can get yourself overwhelmed. Oh, 100%. I, I agree with you. 100%. And I, I, I find that to be one of the most important things about why I did the boot camps, why I wrote the book. I mean, there's definitely, there's like reference pages of like here are some here are herbs you can buy and here here are the the companies i trust like right because even that I'm, i can tell you that i love berberine and i'm like good luck like i don't even know what the hell that thing is right i you think you reached bought. out to me a little bit you're like what dose mm -hmm. and i'm like well that's not an easy question exactly it Which depends the more on i the, learned it yeah. depends on the source right. it depends right. on your right. issues it depends on what i'm giving exactly. it to you for there's never an easy answer to this no. stuff which is no. why people have to go to an actual expert yeah. or buy a book right. written by an actual Right. expert so what else so we we as usual we we weigh like we're, we no, you know okay. no we've talked a lot i'm gonna have you back for sure but <laughs> let's talk about like some of the more practical yeah, tips yeah, from the yeah, book yeah. like really that somebody can listen to this podcast yeah. and go out yeah. like what where they get the most bang for their buck what are some of your favorites it's not going to be anything really that fancy i'm i really here here's what i think first of all self-care has kind of turned into this like bad word because it's like another thing we're supposed to do. But I do think that refocusing on ourselves is enormously important. So mindset. And but what do I mean by that? I mean, very specifically, going out and seeking information, vetting the information. Like you've said, who is this an influencer or is this an expert? If, if you find somebody online that you're interested in and you can't easily find what their training was, right. that's, I do that all the time. I love when that. When someone calls themselves doctor and oh, I no. just can't figure out what kind of doctor they are. Right. And you're I'm reading done. through their bio going, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. wait. And I'm not saying this... everybody has to be an MD No, doctor. for sure. Because like, they don't know a lot about for certain right. nutrition. But I mean, so, so dial back, have some common sense change your mindset, open yourself to being curious and not being afraid. Specifically, when we talk about menopause and aging, if we say like, la, 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 I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to go do my Botox, color my hair, which by the way, you should do your Botox and color your hair. I could care less just because I stopped coloring my hair. I don't have that many grades, I'm not saying believe it or you. not. No. I'm, I'm just talking. I'm not like I judging. do Botox. I'm not going to lie. If you want to look a certain way, that is cool. But if that's the only approach you're taking. It can't taking, define you. Right. That, that, if that's the only thing you're doing about aging, you're not doing enough because you want to be vital and on the planet so open your mind be curious okay but use critical thinking 
fitness, 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 and more fitness. If you have been sitting on your ass for two and a half years, the great news is it's not that hard. You just have to get up your ass. And it's never ass. too late. Like, no, it's never benefits too there, late. There was a study out of Tufts that at 80 years old, you still there have you significant benefits there you if go. you start that. Move your body. Get the blood flowing. Get it flowing to your heart, to your muscles, to your brain, to your genitals. All It needs blood flowing. If you don't have oxygen and nutrients going all over your body, guess what? Those things are going to break down. We know, obviously, I'm sure you talk about this a lot, building muscles and building lean body mass, resistance and weights. If you haven't done it, you're not going to go and become an Olympic lifter. Right. You can get a bottle of water. I am a big fan, if you can afford it, to work with somebody who is trained so that you don't hurt yourself. At least to get a baseline 100%. Plan. And uh-huh. the thing is, online is a great resource, but you've got to be careful with body position and stuff 100%. like that. So that's not always available to everybody, but walking around your apartment is, okay? Walking around the block if you live in a neighborhood that's safe is. Those are easy fixes. And then things that actually dial us back, that calm us down. These things are free. It does. You don't have to join a yoga studio. You don't have to do 17 hours of kundalini training and go to a silent retreat. You actually can do, which we you and I would fail at miserably. <laughs> don't actually, if you wanted to do a reality show, send you and I together to a Vipassana silent retreat. A silent retreat. We would be I can both know. in trouble in four seconds. May okay. I, maybe four. I'm maybe. getting out of the car and get to get in there. I'd probably like, you know, drop something in the. No, but these are easy things. And we know that there's physiologic benefit. There are studies dating back to the early 70s showing that meditation, and I'm going to give you one that's really easy and doable not only increases oxygen consumption by slowing down everything, but it brings down your heart rate. It brings down your blood pressure. Uh, Exactly. Stress hormones. Which is an enormous problem for women in our age group and getting worse and makes all of the things, the butt to gut thing worse, the sleep issues, the anxiety, all of that is worse by cortisol. So I call it, it, you know, basically it's what it's called box breathing. It's a form of pranayama, which is, comes from yoga, which comes from Ayurveda. Okay. And this is all it is. Okay. You're going to breathe into account of four if you can. So you're going to hold it for four. You're going to exhale for four and you're going to hold it for four and you can build up. Go How to many eight. times do I have to do this? You know what? If you do it three times because you're pissed off at your amazing husband. <laughs> when Who's pissed, in the next room? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just saw him. Um, it, it will slow you down. Yeah. You won't, even if it's like, just like, let me not say that rude thing that I want to say to you on the Zoom call because right. you are so annoying and stupid. And for what sure you it's you, not it, me. Because I always do this with patients. I say like... Breathe in through your nose and mm-hmm. out through your mouth. Mm-hmm. Is there? Have you heard that yes, too? Is yes. that like that a, can that can definitely enhance it? You don't for that technique. You don't, you don't have to do it that way. Okay, but that is an, a bite-sized thing you can do. Right. That slows you down. The other thing that I do, and I really do now box that I don't get like now that I don't get woken up by my my call in the middle of the night all the time or have to run to do an emergency. I really do this before I wake up in the morning or when I wake up in the morning, before I open my eyes, I make a gratitude list. And really half the time it's like, I'm in this bed. (laughs) You know, recently it was, I have air conditioning. (laughs) Really, it does not have to be like some lofty philosophical. uh, So gratitude thought? Yeah, anything. It's a a form of, I'm not, I'm not a journaler. Some people love that. I'm like in my head probably too much. And those are things that work for me. These are free. Anybody can do this. And by the way, this. I'll tell you what I, well, and I'm going to add one more thing that's super practical and then we're going to have to wrap up and yeah. people are going to have to buy the book. Yeah. Um, 
I actually do the gratitude thing when I'm walking my dogs. Love it. I don't know why, but I, well, I, I, I love my dogs and I feel very happy and I'm outside in yeah. nature and I, I find myself at, not even consciously, but being like, I'm so grateful to be just walking around my neighborhood outside with my dog. I, I really yeah. do that when I'm not crying from the perimenopause. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I would say the other thing that I, so I love the box breeding, the gra uh, breathing, not breeding, that we're, that, that ship has sailed. Um, <laughs> the more gratitude. But even with, um, with the fitness, going back to that. Yeah. Decreasing sedentary behavior. Yeah. I cannot yeah. tell you how important yeah. that is in the longevity, in the cardiometabolic health, yeah. um, just sitting less. I, I just had this conversation with yeah. my last patient right before I came here, like standing, talking on the phone, doing a Zoom meeting at your kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. Not everything. You don't have to stand on. I can't stand that much because right. I have a bad back. Right. But standing more, yeah. walking around more. Yeah. It does not have to be going to the gym and no. slaving away on a treadmill for 30 minutes. Walking, I walk in between patients. I walk around my office. Yeah. I find any, you know, because the patient was, she's like, well, how much do you walk a day? And I'm like, I, I try to just walk more. I don't even know how much you walk, so I can't give you a goal. Right. Set a baseline, but just yeah. standing more, yeah. walking more around the house. My yeah. friend Lisa Lillian, Hungry Girl, loves to call it house walking. It's a great, what you, it doesn't have it to doesn't be rocket have science. To be, no. And from a, a metabolism standpoint, and especially with women with blood sugar, because that's a lot that I see, the patients that you send to me, 95% of them have impaired fast pre-diabetes, yep. okay? So a study just came out that showed that if we just did three minutes of movement after wow. dinner, yeah. walking, yeah. light cleaning, yeah. putting away the dishes, yeah. I don't know what, yeah. that that had significant so it's blood sugar Greg benefits. So it makes me clean the kitchen. Yes, there you go, yeah. So it's yeah. another gift don't, don't, my It's a gift that keeps on giving, right? <laughs> so, okay, well, this has been amazing. So the book is Menopause Boot Camp, and I, we are gonna actually, I think, release the podcast on the day the book comes out. Yay, so get excited. this book. Obviously, Dr. Gilbert Lenz is an expert. I think it's gonna be a wealth of wisdom. I, I did not get an advanced copy. Oh, That's okay. I you did. No, I did not. But <laughs> we'll oh, no, 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 I got one. I got one digitally, okay, but well, not. I'm gonna get you a real I'm one. very good. I okay. hate reading computers. I'm I need like paper. Um, but I think we'll probably manage to talk Dr. Gilbert Lenz into doing a giveaway of <laughs> yeah. a signed book. Oh, I'd love So that. we'll definitely yeah. do that. But, and I'm gonna have you back because I feel like we need to go deeper on like, 15 different topics so let's do it thank you to. for everything this has been so much fun i'm so glad we figured out how to do this I in know. person oh, yes. because i hope that you listeners and watchers um can sense the chemistry and we really are friends kindred spirits yeah. like-minded physicians yeah. and i don't think there's I, I i hope that there's more like but I haven't met that many I, physicians I, I told who someone this really morning care. that I did who's is like us, and I told him we are in a herd of unicorns. It's a small herd. I, I don't know if there's like an actual term for it. Right. No, I, I don't but know. But you're in it. Yeah. No, well, sure. thank you. I'm so glad <laughs> oh, to be yeah. part of that herd. Oh, yes. No, but it's and it, 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 and I, I mean, just to finish on that, like, if your doctor says or does something that you're not happy with, that you don't feel like they're listening to you or that they're your advocate, yeah. find another doctor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I, I've done that. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it especially during this time in yeah. our lives, mm -hmm. we cannot have any symptom 
brushed under the table. Yeah. I mean, I had a patient who, you know, was complaining of dizziness and the doctor were like, just drink water, get some rest. You're getting older. You're not as steady on her feet. She finally, she pushed her way through the healthcare system to get a CT scan. And she had had multiple small strokes in her brain. Oh and, and but she had to, she's in healthcare, she's a dietitian, but she had to fight mm -hmm. for that. You have to be your advocate. Mm -hmm. You have to empower yourself yeah. with tools like your book yeah. that can actually give actionable information and if your doctor thinks you're full of it then find a new doctor that, yeah, so exactly we i think we'll end on that everybody us unicorns so yes. thanks um, for having thank me. you again good luck with the new book i hope that um it's a huge success because it thank should you. be thank you i really hope that you found the information in this podcast helpful i know i did and i welcome your feedback because i'm doing this for you so if there's topics that you want to learn about something that you want to learn more about if there's something that you want to explain further that i've talked about please let me know comment on my Instagram page, send me an email, melina at drmelina.com, and definitely hit that subscribe button because I'm going to have great new content every single week, and I don't want you to miss an episode. That's it for now. Stay practically healthy.